I think that when you are passionate about what you do and then you have a kid, for me, it's made me even more passionate. I really feel like you're doing it with a different purpose. Like I always loved doing what I do, but now I'm making like a badass ice cream legacy for Remy. And like that fires me up even more, makes me want to do even more and be even greater. And like you think about what you're creating for them, like how will they view this? How will they view you as a person in the context of business? You know, when they're older, like, you know, you have that kind of like another set of eyes on you. So I think it changes how you conduct yourself. You're listening to the MILF Podcast. This is the show where we talk about motherhood and sexuality with amazing women with fascinating stories to share on the joys of being a MILF. Now here's your host, the MILFiest MILF I know, Jennifer Tracy. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is MILF Podcast, the show where we talk about motherhood, entrepreneurship, sexuality, and everything in between. I'm Jennifer Tracy, your host, and so happy to be bringing you this episode today. A couple items of business. This month, the charity that I'm engaging with and donating to is called Children's Defense Fund. You can find them online. You can actually go to my website and I have a link to them on my giving page. And you can donate to them directly. And you always have the option of writing an iTunes review for MILF Podcast. Every iTunes review in the month of April, I will give $25 to Children's Defense Fund. So there's that. Also on my website, milfpodcast.com, you can sign up for a 21-day creative challenge. Opt in. You just um, click on the little box. There's like an old-timey typewriter, and it says unlocked 21-day creative challenge. And it's a workshop that I'm giving away for free to help people tell their stories because my whole mission is that everyone needs to tell their stories. You know, the more people... We can elevate their voices and hear their truths. That's why I started the podcast. The better off we're all, we will all be because the more stories we hear and listen to, hopefully the more we can actually understand each other and have compassion and empathy for one another. So check that out. See if it's something you're interested in doing. Um, it's basically, a, a, like I said, three weeks. It's a workbook. I'm going to be taking you through the workbook. It's a couple of exercises just to open you up to whatever the project is that's been kind of nagging at you. You know, how you always have that like, oh, I kind of want to write a screenplay or I kind of want to write a TV show or there's a book story I have, this idea. And but most of the time you just never do it because, 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 because don't do that. <laughs> do it. Do it. Because there's a reason it's coming to you. So um, there's that. So today on the show, I have Natasha Case, who is the CEO and co-founder of Cool House Ice Cream. Uh, this is such a cool company. I mean, really, I, I felt very uncool being in there because I got to go to her headquarters to interview her in one of the conference rooms. And um, wow, it, it says the one of the taglines is awesome ice cream. And it really is. First of all, the product is incredible. The ice cream is amazing. I got to go next door and sample a bunch of the ice cream. And they have these ice cream sandwiches that are just ridiculous. They're phenomenal. And how she came upon this and came to this in her 20s uh, is just an extraordinary story. And within that, met her wife and fell in love. And they had the company together. And then so Natasha uh, and Freya started this company together and from nothing, from nothing. And it grew and grew and grew, and it is huge now. And it's just it's such an inspiring story. And they have a little boy together now. And yeah. So anyway, I'm not trying to give you spoilers, but I'm just so excited about sharing this conversation with you. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Natasha. Hi, Natasha. Hello. Thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. I've been looking forward to it. This is such a cool space. Thank you. It's yeah. great. We have a fun little ice cream world I here. I love it. I accidentally walked into the ice cream shop next door and the guy was like, nope, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> I have my mic stands and everything. And he was like, you're totally in the wrong place. Usually it's the other way around. People come in here oh, and they're right. like standing there kind of mystified like, wait, where's the ice cream? Does some like magical little elf like hop out of the wall and serve me? Right. Or they just, we, we put on the door as you might have seen like 
like yes. this is not a gallery. A thousand arrows. This is not a weed store. Yes. This is not a, a lighting store. We've gotten a lot. Do you have people coming reasons. in here thinking you sell weed? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder why I that feel is. like it's a compliment. Yes, because it's <laughs> Maybe very Maybe someone does here. It's very... <laughs> Probably so. Probably so. Oh my God. That's so. So let's start from the beginning. Where are you from? I'm from here. I'm from Los Angeles. Oh, native. Yeah. Third generation. Oh my gosh. That's rare. Yeah. Blue blood. Wow. (laughs) Okay. So grew up here at what part of town? Uh, Sherman Oaks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a Valley Valley girl, girl. hence my middle name, Jenny, (gasps) which was actually my great grandmother's name, just Jenny, not Jennifer, but it sounds like a good 80s Valley name, too. I love it. Yeah. 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 I was Jenny. I was Jenny Hip. My maiden name is Hip. Oh, cool. And I was Jenny Hip until fourth grade. And then I was like, no, it's just Jen. (laughs) It's just Jen. Love it. No, Jenny. You don't have time for the knee. I don't have time for the knee. Yeah. Um, So you grew up in Sherman Oaks. And what happened after in Sherman that? Oaks? Oh, yeah, okay. um, <laughs> what's up in Sherman Oaks? Um, so I was there. Uh, I went to Harvard Westlake. Oh so, wow, yeah, that so is not an school. easy school to go to. It was, yeah, it was. It, it definitely was a, a great, challenging place. And and we're still. My wife and I, even though she didn't go there, are both super involved in mentoring the entrepreneurs there. And oh, I just I did a speaking that. event with Harvard Westlake. So it's it's been a very good thing to, you know, have your high school community close to where you're now being an adult. And then um, I went to Berkeley for college. So stayed in California. But, you know, the Bay Area is its whole own world. Yeah. So. Oh, it feels like <laughs> another state. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then I came back here for grad school uh, to UCLA. Um, and then my first job was Disney Imagineering. So that was, you know. Right, and you right studied... There business? I no, uh, har- hardly actually. I think I was not succeeding at business in college actually at all. Um but I studied architecture uh and in in undergrad architecture and I'm double minored. It was like the lazy woman's double major in urban planning and Italian. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like, oh, I kind of did that by accident. <laughs> it's the lazy woman's. Like I've been talking to you, I can tell you exactly 3 minutes. There's nothing about you that's lazy. <laughs> like you have your shit together. Um, I appreciate that. That's so awesome. So, wow. And then you said you started at Disney. Yeah, I, uh, I started started there uh, in 2008 summer, right after I graduated from from grad school. I think I had like five days off before starting that job. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was just you know it was the place I really wanted to work. It was a dream. Um, I was really drawn to Disney. Well, one, a full disclosure, my mom is a TV animator. So uh. she had worked on many shows there. Um, and uh, But I just was drawn to like the storytelling and how they create characters and how a lot of people had design and architecture backgrounds, but kind of had this whole other application to that skill set that was really unique. Yeah. Um, so I, I was very, very intrigued by by that and had wanted to to, you know, start my career there. And how did it go? I mean, well, back up for one second because I had another question that popped up. Were you always so motivated as a kid? Were you just like, like get, let's get out there, let's do something? Like, so let's go back to yeah. Sherman Oaks because now to, I feel yeah. like I miss I miss something. In <laughs> Sherman. Talk Sherman Oaks. Yeah, we got to yeah. talk Sherman Oaks. <laughs> um, I I think definitely I was um a pretty like go getter always definitely um as as a kid I um I, you know I I liked being um passionate about the things that I did. So I was really into sports. Uh, I played soccer, basketball, softball, um a little bit of water polo, so just like all the seasons, you know. Wow. Um and a little golf, definitely, you know, stereotypical lesbian childhood. <laughs> Good at golf. And um then I was also really into art and the creative side. And that's definitely um, speaks to, you know, my mom, who's a TV animator, but a trained artist. And my dad is an architect. So definitely grew up around, you know, all the creativity. And um, my dad is a huge Italophile. He had spent time there in college. So I was particularly into like, you know, the kind of like renaissance and, and that kind of art and architecture. But I think always really passionate creatively, always loved drawing. And then a little bit of music too. Um, piano, Do you play, saxophone. you play instruments? Yeah, I play. So I, I played piano through childhood and then I played saxophone um, in middle school and high school. That's um, so hot. Yeah, jazz band. That's and amazing. <laughs> yeah. 
Do you still play? Do, do you play? I still you take out one the jacks. Um, I have, yes, I have a two-year-old son, Remy. And do you guys play together? Does he we, play? Yeah, well, we showed him some piano. When we go to my uh, parents' house, my mom always loves to play piano with him. And he's gone like, you see from when he could barely even, you know, fumble around on the keys and now like playing notes and like playing with my mom, little like, like, like kind of, you know, it's almost like a duet. A duet. Yeah. There's nothing better. My yeah. son does that with oh. my mom too. And it's, it, I'm getting emotional hearing you talk <laughs> about your son and your mom. It's, there's something really special about that. Totally. And I think to be aware of it so early on, it's yes. like another language. You yes. Know? So yes. he's a very good dancer. So I think the music, it just kind of, you know, is going to be uh, a passion. Um, I don't know that I've really played the sax for him. I should. I think maybe once or twice. Um, Dude, you're going to blow his mind. Yeah, he's going to be He's going to lose that. his <laughs> mind. It's, I just reordered some reads so that, you know, because I only had like 50 broken ones. So now I have a few that work. So now I can really bust it out for him. And he's been like curious about the box of reads. So I think he wants me to play for him. Yes. Oh, my God. That's going to be epic. <laughs> And so, okay, so you're working at Disney. So we, so you're working at Disney. You're in your dream job. Then what happens? Then the recession hits. Ah, uh, yeah, right. Because so, it was '08. Yes, it was oh summer '08 when I started. So really, by like the end of summer, early fall, it was like something is very wrong economically. You know, um, and and any major business like Disney is going to take a hit uh, from that. Um, so they really, you know, started laying people off and had a hiring freeze. And um, I could see that, well, one, that it was just sort of darker mood at the office. Um, so I had started in, in college and in grad school um, wanting to make architecture more fun and accessible. I had discovered using food to do that. So I had been playing around with all these like food and architecture ideas for years and calling it for architecture. Silly <laughs> so sounding awesome. words. <laughs> I love it. And um, so when the mood was dark as part of this like uh, concept, this umbrella concept, I started baking cookies, making ice cream, naming the combinations after architects. And I handed them out to people at Disney to lighten the mood. Like, oh, sorry about the bad news. Here's a Frank Berry. Here's a Mise Vanilla Row. Um, and uh, it really did actually, you know, accomplish that. Um, and, uh, I was, it was a passionate hobby for me though. I wasn't taking it super, super seriously. Um, uh, but then I met the other founder of Cool House Freya and she's like, there's some business potential in this. Like this is, this is a really crazy idea, but there's something beyond just, you know, um, this hobby, like this could really be something. And you're talking about your wife. Yes. Okay. My now wife. So how yes. did you guys meet? Did you meet and then become business partners and then fall in love? May I ask? Oh, sure. Of course it's you can ask. Such That's a great the love story. Yeah. I love yeah. this love story. <laughs> um, we, it sort of all happened at once we started dating and we started making cool house a business like really from day one there was never much separation uh she i think part of the attraction for her was like the creativity with this you know crazy idea and someone who's really motivated to do something um so we became romantically involved and like on the first date i brought her an ice cream sandwich that i had made but it, it basically melted because <laughs> i needed like an operations person like her you know so <laughs> i don't know why to i'm be. so emotional today i'm very premenstrual that. everything you're telling me is making me cry i love you that. playing the saxophone your your mom playing with your son like it's all it's all Waterworks. Um, <laughs> we so can get you a, a tissue box. <laughs> it, so it almost melted because you didn't have someone that was like, "Hey, if you're going to transport this, you're going to need the proper like." That's that became her job of like, yeah, articulating um, or constructing yeah. the framework for the business. Yes. Okay. More, I think, than she thought because I think she thought I was like a really technical architect, and then she learned soon after I was really more a philosophical type. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so she. She was like, it was really funny, actually. She said, um, you know, she called them the elitist ice cream sandwiches, even though I was trying to make architecture not elitist with the punny name. So she called them that. And then she said, well, what's your cost per unit of these of this product? And I was like, oh, I, I went to Whole Foods and it was like 80 bucks. She's like, okay, we're going to go back to the market and we're going to write down everything costs, make a little spreadsheet. And then we're going to, you know, figure out if this is a viable business. And I was like, oh, sounds so annoying. You know, like, why do we have to do that? It's funny at the time. It's like, I, it, to me, there was no option. I had to listen to her, you know, but now I'm like, um, but we went to Whole Foods and it was, I'm so glad we did it. Not only because, you, you know, to know how the 
the numbers were going to work, which is something I love now, which has totally changed. But also to just walk the freezer aisle of Whole Foods, even a Whole Foods, and see that there was really not that much innovation or uniqueness or artisan you know, uh, craft behind products. It was like the same big box brands who've been sitting there for decades. And I think we really saw there's an opportunity to disrupt and let's create something because we don't feel like any of these brands speak to us as millennials and definitely not as women. So I think that was like a really important eye-opening, you know, thing that we did. And then we saw like there's something major that we can do and we feel like we're the ones to do it. (laughs) I love that you just said opportunity to disrupt. I mean, do you have t-shirts made that say that? I think you need to. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad idea. I'm into that's that. That's incredible. <laughs> Opportunity to disrupt because that's so true. It's like the people that we end up following are the people that break away from the norm and from the oh, from the herd and do something innovative, especially now when there's so much of that happening. Yeah, no, totally. Um, do you, oh, sorry, Don't worry about it. Commotion at the office yeah. in the background. Um, it is a you know working office. There's proof right there. Um, yeah, I think I think that. Um, what was the question again? <laughs> Opportunity to disrupt yes. and how there that is so especially right now. And I yeah. know this was, gosh, eleven years ago yeah. or no, ten, 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, but it that has grown more and more. And you've seen since you guys did yeah. that more and more things, not just in the ice cream aisle, but in other parts of yeah. oh, the grocery sure. store where there's they're embracing that more. Yeah. And and now I remember what you asked. It's it's I was just writing this down um with my um social media manager. Like nothing big ever comes from doing things that are in the way that is the status quo. Like the big things come from really changing the game. And there's really no data, there's really no mentor that's going to know for sure that that's going to work out. You absolutely, you know, you take an educated risk, like do your, do your homework and, and really build a thesis as to why. But like more often than not, everything's going to say like, oh, this, this hasn't been done or nobody wants this or, you know, like you do have to go against the grain to a certain point to do something big. Absolutely. Oh my God. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm taking comfort in you saying that because I, it's interesting. A lot of people are like, ugh, MILF. Why do you call it the MILF? I'm like, well, it's both. I, I embrace the the former use of the acronym and the moms I'd like to follow. And I'm, it's also like an F you to that whole thing of like, yes, I'm both. I'm all. We are all those <laughs> things. And you can embrace that and be an entrepreneur and be a mom and be in love and have a loving relationship and and um totally and be, being reverent yeah 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 so um but sometimes and i've noticed more as i've been around longer not everybody gets it and that's okay but that's because it is different you know i love the name so, out the gate i thought you. it was hilarious <laughs> thank yeah. you so okay so back to you so you guys start this business you fall in love you then what happens <laughs> yeah so we for a few months, we were kind of figuring it all out. I think both like, you know, the relationship and starting the business. Um, but it all happened very, very quickly. Um, we started to really just, you know, iterate on the product, making cookies and ice cream all the time, figuring out the recipes, figuring out what our plan was going to be. And then um, in addition to that, you know, just we were, you know, inseparable from the beginning. And um we, you know, there were definitely like, like now, of course, I would tell someone in this situation, like, whoa, like make an operating plan, like plan the exit strategy. Like what's, you know, like you, like I get it. It's, it's emotions and it's love. It's not business, but you have to, now you're kind of mixing too. I think we got incredibly lucky that we didn't really map it all out, but, um, we, it, it, it remained a very like positive thing, like our relationship and growing the business. Um, so, and that may not be true for everyone. So that, that is, that is what I would tell anyone now, but it also just, just to show that sometimes you're right. Like a lot of people could have been like, Whoa, this is like, you're hedging a lot with all this, but like, we did just really, really like love each other. And we really, really believed in what we were doing. So once again, it just shows you like, sometimes like, well, we were right, you know? Um, but I think it was all happening quickly. We were kind of figuring out the business and we figured out 
that we wanted to launch in a really big way. And we thought like, what's the biggest possible, you know, event where we can get the most eyes on this and really know, like, do people want this like architecturally inspired ice cream sandwich idea? And um, we both had spent a lot of uh, years going to Coachella. And so we thought that's it. Like we can be a vendor there. We can get in front of a ton of eyeballs and um, then we'll know if this is going to you know, be a thing or not. So we begged and begged Coachella to let us sell there. And I think they just got so annoyed with us, you know, <laughs> like um, literally nagging them nonstop. They were like, okay, you can come and sell here. We're going to stick you in the campground. It's like, just get them out of the way. Um, and so, okay, great. So we have an event to launch at. What are, how are we going to launch? Well, we, you know, looking at kind of what was going on, you know, kind of in the financial picture, we weren't really going to be able to raise a lot of money or um, or get a big loan. So Scoop Shop was out of the business because we had nothing to really, you know, we didn't have like, you know, big dollars in the bank just for ourselves. And we didn't really understand grocery yet. But what we saw is the whole chef driven mobile food truck movement was just sort of kicking off. And we thought we can really be the pioneering ice cream truck of our generation. Like and like this is this is a great opportunity to to kind of, you know, reach um, people who might want this in a unique way. So we literally Googled hipster ice cream truck. Like nothing came up. <laughs> it was amazing. Like when does that even happen for any Google search? Right, exactly. Like Zero. it was like, yeah, it was like uh, a truck that sold like vinyl records. We are like, oh my God, we have to do this. Now we really have to do this, you know? And so we bought a beat up postal van that was masquerading as an ice cream truck. It did not drive. It had no engine. It was a, it was a POS, but it did have chrome rims. So we bought that <laughs> <laughs> worth every penny. <laughs> I love it. How much did you pay for the truck? 2,900 bucks. Wow. Yeah. We used the, we financed the whole business with my personal credit card, which had a $5,000 limit, which I also don't know why my card and not France. She's good at that. You know, how did she do that? So, <laughs> so we, we, uh, you know, bought this truck and we, we towed it. Uh, to LA, it, it sat at Freya's mom's house for like three weeks, um, getting complaints from the neighbors. Oh you know, it was an God. eyesore. Where no, Freya's from here as well. Yeah, she's from. It was her mom lives in Glendale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, the day comes for Coachella. We like barely kind of had the product together. We had to incorporate like quickly. So that's why I say like that was like our stereotypical like, you know, lesbian thing. Like instead of moving into there, which we also did, but we also incorporated. It was more like the power <laughs> lesbian stereotype. Like three months in, we've got an LLC. <laughs> um, so then we um, we had to get all of our act together for Coachella, which was good. That shows you like why doing a real event like that. Yes, it pushes thing. you to just like exactly. you've got a deadline. you got to do it. Totally. Yeah. Like let's figure it out. And then, um, uh, you know, we've got to get to Coachella. You remember the truck doesn't drive. So we figured out that if we joined AAA Platinum, we got one free 200-mile tow. And so the morning of Coachella, we pretended the truck broke down, even though it never drove, and they towed us to the desert. <laughs> that is such a great story. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> trapping. That is such a great story. That is so uh, creative. <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really talking about using all your resources. Absolutely. So what happened at Coachella? So Coachella, well, talk about minimum viable product. I mean, we like had this truck, which wasn't even operable, kind of sitting there. As, it was like, just a shell, basically. Yeah, it I was see. a shell. It yeah. was like, we, we hope for this one day. And then we, well, one thing is we did figure out that um, we wanted to scoop the product to order. Because that was just easier to transport it and easier to build inventory. Um, and we also figured out partnering with manufacturers to make our recipes. Because we just could not meet the scale of Coachella with making it ourselves in our kitchen. And I'm so glad we did that. Because I'll get to this. But after Coachella, when it was like, okay, we're doing this, then we already had manufacturing in place. You know? Um, but uh, so we had the bare minimum of the product. We had the truck that was really more for charging people's phones than for doing anything. And then we had our friends who we had exchanged concert tickets uh, for helping us sell, which you can imagine 
you know, went horribly. I won't say it, it was just creative. <laughs> I have no idea what they were doing the whole time. You know, there seemed to be maybe some selling. I have no idea. Um, but it was really, really fun and um, was perfect because in the campground, we actually had a captive audience, um, unlike really the rest of the concert, because back then in the early days of Coachella, it was really day passes. Um, so people weren't there all weekend necessarily. But the campers were there for five days. So we could really kind of build a cult following. And there would be mornings like people would wake me up at 7 a.m. because there was a line. There was the guy who wanted his minimalism or his, you know, oatmeal cinnamoneo waiting to pay anything for it. Really. That's amazing. And it's Supply like, and okay. demand. Yeah. There's yeah. like something happening. Yes. And um, we didn't even really make that much money. I mean, I think five grand. It seemed like a lot at the time. It paid for getting there. Um, but after Coachella, a friend of mine had said, if it goes well, send me your logo and I'll do a piece on you guys. So I thought, okay, you know, I think we're going to keep going. I think we've got something here. So I sent him like a JPEG of the logo, not even a vector based file, which is embarrassing for someone with a master's degree in architecture. And he post, he wrote this piece, uh, on Curbed, Dan. And um, it said, like, oh, if you're, like, really bored and, like, you know, want something weird, like, maybe check out this ice cream truck if you have nothing else to do. It's like, thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> that was really helpful. If you're but, bored, that's yeah, hysterical. It was, like, but it went viral. It just shows you it's just more about getting it out there sometimes because then it went from there to Eater to Apartment Therapy to Dwell to LA Times. The whole ride home I was getting calls from editors who were picking it up. And Freya, uh, her phone had died on the last day and she I charged it on the way home. And when it, you know, uh, became alive again, uh, she called me and she said, I think we had, we had reserved like, you know, cool house on Twitter, like the bear, like nothing was even there. It was just like, let's, let's secure this. She's like, we're getting new followers every three seconds. I think we've been hacked. And I was like, I don't think that that's hacking. I think this is blowing up. And so by the time we got home, I think we had five, six, seven thousand followers in, in the day, and uh, which was a huge deal at the time. And it was like there was just so much buzz generated for it. And what I can say is you definitely cannot plan to ever have your brand or what you're doing go viral. But if it does, it is the biggest blessing in the world. And you just have to like hold on and make it happen. Um, so, yeah, that's what we did. We used the money uh, from Coachella to fix up the truck so it could drive. So the door could open <laughs> like basics. I'm talking <laughs> super, <laughs> super basics. So then the following year you were actually there with the truck with it. Yes. Operate. Did, now, yes. did you use it in between Coachella? Oh, yeah. was it the, so that was your whole business was yeah. out of the truck for the first how many years? Yes. So basically this truck was from April through the whole 2009 through December was the OG truck, as we called it, which was the postal van with no power steering, with the wheel on the right side, the whole shebang. Broke down constantly, constantly. I mean, I can't even, I, I know more about like parts of cars because I have seen them all fall off of that truck, <laughs> including the steering wheel. Oh, God. Yeah. Not while you were driving, I hope. Well, not while I was, oh, but God. someone else. Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was like we had, a, we had a big event for um, like a really high profile fashion client. And then we started to go to the next location and just came off. They Like the client like thought that they had been punked. You know, like, no, it's just, we wish it was that, but no. So that truck, it was like, oh, but it like tried to survive, you know? Yeah. So, it, and then, um, by, by the end of the year, um, we, we knew that we needed a second truck cause we couldn't meet the demand. And this truck had to be like legit, you know, um, like it, like the original truck, it was not permittable really, you know? And, um, we did get busted for that and I did have to go to court, um, the people versus Natasha case. Really? Yeah. yeah. It was an amazing experience. And it was pretty much me. Like, I think the level of offense was like, uh, comparable to first time DUI because that's pretty much everyone else who was in this, you know, this court. And I didn't know this, but when you've gone to DUI and they summon you up before the judge, they read your blood alcohol to the court. And so there'd be like these little old ladies, like Miss Johnson, like the, the big 2.1 and everyone would go like, Oh damn. Oh, my, what were you drinking? You know, it was like so rowdy each time. <laughs> and like this little old lady would like go up. Like, <laughs> it was a oh fascinating God. experience. That's hilarious yeah. and frightening at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, we, we did get, but I, the, 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 um, I knew that things were going to be okay because my like defense, my public defender, I guess, with, she was like, 
leaned into me when they were reading, you know, um, the, the, uh, whatever they're called, the, ch the charges, I guess, on like the truck, not having the right kind of sink or not being permittable. And she leaned over to me and she's like, um, so it's ice cream sandwiches. And I was like, yeah, she's like, do you do kids parties? And I said, yeah. And she said, how much do they cost? Five bucks a sandwich. She's like, okay, let's talk. I was like, I think I'm going to be fine. She like my, my defender like Let's is interested in you. my business. I think we're going to be okay. And we were, it was like, they just basically said, get, get a proper truck together and yeah. it, you'll, you know, we'll, we'll kind of like eliminate these, Let this, which is, yeah. which oh, we, again, God. we needed, we needed the urgency to do it. And we did. So then we had a real truck by the beginning of 2010. And then we used that to go to the second year of Coachella and for a ton of other events. But the, the OG continued to do private, you know, very private catering. Inside. <laughs> I don't know if a big uh, part of your listenership is the health department. So hopefully <laughs> I doubt not. it. I doubt it. <laughs> and is the OG truck still around? Is somewhere it's, in a museum? Or? It's in a um, retirement community, of Got course. It. But it, it still um, could be resuscitated. And I have spoken to a couple auto museums because I think it needs to live on. I think it should, yeah, too. Yeah. I think the stories of it and everything that it inhabits yes. and inhabited is important. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So... Okay, so you guys, this is so exciting. And how old were the two of you at this time? 25 and 26. That's that, I mean, I'm yeah. blown away by that. Yeah. I'm just blown away by that. <laughs> so, okay. I mean, I have so many questions. So you have this all is basically, um, not basically, a woman-owned, woman, two woman CEOs, two, you know, um, running this company. Um, and then you had to expand it, obviously, as time went on. How did you start to expand the company? Did you have to hire? I mean, I don't know anything about that. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of learning a little bit. Like I have a team now that helps me do this podcast. I could never do it by myself. So I know as far as that, like I have a producer, I have an editor, but I can't imagine having this big company and having a manufacturer and have, you must have a PR person in a, oh, yeah. like, it definitely takes a village, yeah. you know? Um, and I think growing the team is one of the biggest challenges for anyone. It takes years. It takes time to figure out what even, you know, that team looks like. What are the roles um, and responsibilities? And what is the culture you want to make? And I think you have to be patient with yourself because you're not going to learn that all in a day. And you really do learn it by doing it. Like, I think classes and, and blogs and, you know, um, uh, books about it are, are can and, and um, are often helpful, but there's nothing like living through it. So you kind of got to like let it catch up with you. You know, now uh, 10 years and I'm 35 and you just, I'm still learning so much all the time. And I love that element of it. I think that's actually the thrill is like constantly evolving and growing, but you, you do then you can, you really, in, in that 10 years, you like, you can know a lot about who you want your team to be and um, what you're creating for them to thrive in. What's the environment? Who are you as a boss and a CEO? Are you the good cop? Are you the bad cop? How do you best um, share, you know, what you're trying to teach or what you're trying to um, collaborate on? You know, so, so like a lot of it does become more clear and you sort of um, set an intention more, I think, oh, this is how I want it to be. Instead of like, oh, I'm just like, okay, I'll figure it out. I'm, I'm surviving. I'm getting through. We got through another day. It becomes less of that. It becomes much more kind of broader and, and vision-based. Yeah. Oh, I like that. And so when you guys then continued on, so you had the truck, the two trucks, or you're expanding. And then when did you become brick and mortar? So brick and mortar was 2011, which was our Culver City flagship, which we're right next door to, which you wanted to record the podcast in because that's where the ice cream is. Just admit it. It smells amazing in there. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't really want to leave. The waffle cones. Oh yeah. You, you can go back after. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we opened here in 2011 and we, we really chose this neighborhood w intentionally. I, I always, I always liked Culver City. Um, there's a ton of artists and architects here. I'd always gone to the galleries. Um, and, um, so there's a creative, I think, um, juice to Culver City and it never sounds too far for anyone. It's pretty central, all said and done close to a few different freeways, which is big in LA, um, easy parking for this shop. Um, and it was up and coming. I mean, you know, going back to 2011, like Culver City paid for our mechanical plumbing, electrical engineering permits. Cause they were so, they were dying to have a brand like us come and be in Culver City. That would not be the case now. Now it's every cool restaurant. You got, you know, we have like the, you know, bar and gardens, amazing wine store. Next door is Hilo. We have platform down the street, everything in downtown. I mean, it's just endless, like really, really cool. So um, we, we, we took a bet on being pioneers in an up and coming neighborhood. 
And I think that really, um, that really, you know, paid off. And then we were lucky to have the space next door become available, and that became our whole headquarters, which is amazing. And I love being here. Um, and uh, I think, you know, ultimately the scoop shop is a huge role that it plays is not only that it's, it's you know, in, from a business standpoint, of course, and growing your brand, it, but it's a huge consumer touch point. That is a way that people can interact with us that's different than the truck and it's different than the grocery store or the restaurant that they that Cool House is on the menu or movie theater or however. And um, you really build like that experience. You really tap into the community with the shop. And also it's an innovation center. We can test ideas out there, see how people respond to them. Do they, do they connect? Do they buy them? What flavor do they like the best? Who is buying it? You know, what's the profile of this person? And I think that um, is hugely strategic in, in the other two elements of the brand, which is the trucks and the grocery distribution. Wow. So how many trucks do you have now? We have um, 10. Oh my god! LA, Dallas, and New York. And who knows more in the future. That's incredible. Wow. I'm, I'm so impressed. <laughs> so, okay. So you guys are just killing it on the cool house front. When did you start having the conversation about let's have a baby? Yeah. Um, I think that, let's see. So I think Frey and I always knew that we wanted to have a family. Um, and, then we were getting to a point where I want to say maybe around 2014, we, um, you know, started to have more real conversations just about life in general, like also, you know, wanting to get a house. So that was part of it. Like we want to get a house. Okay. Well, the house is going to be a place where like, what, what do we want this house to be? How long do we want to be there? And how much space will we need for when our family grows? And I, so I think that kind of played into like, okay, now if we're going to get this house and this is a place where we want to start growing our family, well, what's, what's the idea there? What's the timeline there? You know, as two moms, you definitely have to be very deliberate about the decision. There's unfortunately a 0% chance that I can <laughs> impregnate Freya yeah. or the other way around. Um, so, so, but it, but that's kind of what's cool about it. Like you do have to be very deliberate. Yeah. So um, I think around then, so that was like maybe 2015, we started to take it more seriously and started to like do what's the legwork, how much um, money is this going to cost? You know, what's, what's kind of the process. And um, we went, I think uh, we went to, I think we started talking about with our doctors, but then also like, you know, a sperm bank and like seeing what that was. But then, but then it wasn't like a huge rush. I think then maybe another, you know, six or seven months passed by. And then we really started to say, okay, let's, let's do this. And, um, we tried a few times for Freya. It didn't work out. And then she took like a chill break. And then we tried again, um, summer 2016 and that ended up being Remy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that was you. So Freya carried Remy. Freya carried Remy. And, um, but yeah, I think it was like, I think what we said, which is really important, I think is we said, there's not going to ever be a perfect time. One thing that's important to know is it's never going to be a perfect time. And we were like, I think we were good about that. We were like, well, this is happening or I'm busy here or you're busy there. And we just said, you know what? We just got to do this because it's not ever, the stars are not going to align and anyone and you're shaking your head because you yes, know. Yes. So we just went for it. And um, yeah, it was just, it's so, so cool. And um, I have, you know, so much to to share about just being a mom and, and being a boss and being a CEO. I mean, it's, it's been much, so, I could never have even expected the thrill of it all. <laughs> You're pretty amazing. Glowing. <laughs> so how do you juggle? How do you both juggle yeah. being moms and working full time? Yeah, I think so, so. I think that, well, one, Fran and I had done a lot together um, and had really known each other in stressful situations, you know, growing the business together, hiring employees. I feel like we've had 200 children, <laughs> some of whom are more babies than Remy. <laughs> no I'm offense sure, to them. I'm sure. But, you know, we had seen each other in, in those moments and sort of, we really had understanding for each other of how we react in, you know, um, in, in the 11th hour and whatnot. So that was definitely helpful going in, in terms of the decision-making process, in terms of just, you have to be so deeply partnered with your significant other to do this. Like you, that, that element being a huge unknown, like sometimes it has to be that way, but it not being like taking that off the table was like an alleviator. So I think we like, um, have a great partnership. So that's been amazing. Um, I think that, uh, when you are passionate about what you do, 
and then you have a kid, for, for me, it's made me even more passionate. I really feel like, um, you know, now you're doing it with a different purpose. Like I always loved doing what I do, but now I'm making like a badass ice cream legacy for Remy. And like that fires me up even more, makes me want to do even more and be even greater. And like you think about what you're um, creating for them, like how will they view this? How will they view you as a person in the context of business, you know, when they're older? Like, you know, you have that kind of like another set of eyes on you. So I think it changes how you conduct yourself and it changes like I definitely the small stuff, you start to sweat it less and you're more focused on the big picture. So it's like a shift. Um, and then I think also like, you know, when you're a parent, you're just very efficient with your time. I never understood before having Romeo. I was like, how do people do that? Like they'd have the work and then they have the kid. Like it just seems impossible. And then you have one, you're like, no, well you like get shit done, you know? Yeah. Like you, you want learn how done, to say no. To yeah. And, but that's great. Yeah. Yeah. They, they say like, you want something done, give it to a working mom. It it's really so is true. true. Yeah. It's so yeah. true. <laughs> and because some dads out there, I'm sure too. Yes. Like, of especially course. working moms. Of course. <laughs> There's something about that. Like yeah. someone called me this morning and she I was at this bar yesterday. She's starting her own podcast. And I had said, call me, I'll help you. And so we had a phone conference. And um, anyway, long short, it was one of those things where it was a friend. I was at home. It was this Sunday. I was with my kid. And I said, I'll email my editor and ask this question right now. Because if I don't do it right now, I will forget. Yeah. And like, <laughs> it was done. And like, she got what she needed. And I felt so accomplished. And But I, I've learned having a kid, he's now nine and a half, but I have to do it right then. Like there's stuff that I saw a meme, I think yesterday, if there's an act, something that you need to accomplish that you can do in less than one minute, do it right now. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, that's like my credo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's so true. I feel like my mom, this is how she kind of can weave in the Jewish guilt too. Like if she asked me to do something, I'm like, I don't know. She's like, it literally will take 30 seconds. And then you're like, it will actually. You're right. Yeah, you're right. It's like what, what's your argument? How do you get out of that one? It's so true. Yeah. So she's the master of the under a minute. Yeah. It's brilliant. <laughs> For delegation as well. Yes. Delegation. Yeah. <laughs> now, did you have siblings grow up? I do have a little sister. Aww. Yeah. Is she here in LA? She is. I'm very lucky. She's here in LA. She's awesome. She is a French teacher. Does she teacher. babysit? She does babysit. She's great with kids. Oh, she has good. had a lot of experience with kids. Um, she, uh, is teaching French at Santa Monica college oh, right now, amazing. which is awesome. And, um, she also is really into like styling and makeup. So she does a lot of my like hair and makeup for photo shoots and whatnot, awesome. which is so fun. And then her husband actually works at cool house, Pierre, he's a Frenchman. So they're both, you know, Francophiles and he, um, is our, uh, what's his, we, we just had a title change. He's, um, director of specialty and also analysis guru. Awesome. Yeah. I yeah, love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I love that yeah. title. <laughs> and then Freya has her sister, Carissa, who's awesome, and um, brother in law, who's an architect. Um, they're in town. Um, and so we see them all the time. They love watching Remy. And so we're very, very lucky. Our, having family. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. yeah it's, it's definitely huge. And, and then you have your parents. Yeah, my yeah. parents and Freya's mom's in LA. So, so yeah, we're great. pretty we're pretty spoiled on that. Front. That's a huge yeah. Yeah. piece because he's two now, so he's not in yeah. school. So yeah. it's like you just need that help. Totally, it's 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 incredible, and just to, for them to have the love of you know the extended family and see see that as part of their universe is is really cool. Yeah, yeah, and Freya has another two sisters who aren't here, but they're I'm sure they're you know that's like probably their biggest reason to want to get back to LA. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, I mean, he's like a superstar. He's a rock star. I want to hang out with him. I want to play. I want to watch him play piano with his grandma. And basketball, you should see. He's really really good at basketball. Yeah, he does like jump shots and moves and yeah. He can come play with my son who just started oh. on the team at his school and he's like he can do that thing between his legs. Oh my god. And he wears tights and like he's like he's, he's cool. He's legit. He's got swag. Remy would be like literally his mind would be blown. Sure, yeah. He loves like older how, kids, yeah. older boys. Yeah. Because Blooms is that way with kids that are older yeah. than him. He's like, Oh my God, <laughs> those high schoolers are so cool. <laughs> um oh, that's so amazing. Wow, you've really built an incredible you've architected for yourself an incredible life. Oh, thank you. Congratulations. That's so beautiful. <laughs> Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. So you're in it. You're doing this thing. And you're also doing all this other cool stuff. So you were talking about when I walked in, you said, I just wrote a, a, a blog post. Yeah. Um, what was the blog post about? Uh, for a romper for International Women's Day. And they're, you know, the kind of mom um, lifestyle side of Bustle. Um, and Bustle, we just had a huge uh, campaign with them with Lexus. 
Um, so they've both been really amazing partners. Um, I, I do co-host a, a podcast called Start to Sale with my friend Aaron Pentankin of Ovenly Bakeries. And um, that's been awesome. So I can definitely appreciate your end of the table. And um, it's it's just such a, um, and, and that one's fun because it's we, we're sort of as CEOs and founders talking to other CEOs and founders. So that's kind of our angle, sort of a roundtable discussion. Um, but it's just to put yourself in a situation that could be uncomfortable, like hosting a podcast. And then you do it and you really enjoy it and you see people loving the work you do. It's like, it's, it's why it's so important to like push yourself out of your comfort zone, I realized not just keep doing the same thing all the time that you never have since growing <laughs> up in Sherman Oaks. Yeah. I mean, you just, Sherman Oaks yeah. Place. I yeah. mean, that's just in your nature. It seems <laughs> yeah, like you I just, like you to. keep wanting to do different stuff. And I love that because it keeps things fresh and it's such a great thing to model for <clears throat> your son of like, you're not limited. Totally. There's no limit. Like you can do, you can try this, you can try this. Like, yeah. And so sometimes true. you're going to fall on your face and have to go to court because yeah. the thing wasn't permitted, but like you just keep going. Yeah. You just keep going. And it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Wow. So we, when is International Women's Day? Um, the 8th. That's right. Okay. Yeah. But it's the whole month. So don't it's worry. The whole month. You have the okay. whole month to just celebrate women. And you're, you celebrate women all the time anyway. That's the point. I think it's good to have these awareness days and months, but ultimately, you know, we're here to all be treated as equals and being given equal opportunity. So yes. You know. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. How long have we been talking? Let's see. Okay. Yeah. We're almost there, but there were, there was like three more questions I had that popped up. Um, Oh, uh, let's, let me ask this. What is that on the board? It says, uh, there's five, four, three, two, one, and five is excellent. And one is poor. What are those, the rating things for? Is that after, for work? After I leave the room, then my team comes here and rates all the uh, podcast interviewers. <laughs> accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> so you've now Got been, it. been revealed. Got it. Okay. Well, I'm hoping for a five, guys. <laughs> I think you're, you're, I think you'll, you'll be okay At there. At least for a sure. solid four. To go five and a half. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. So that was actually, no, I'm glad you asked. We've been having some, um, for lack of the sexier word, focus groups here. Sexier words. Um, we've been, we had four groups come in. Um, we did it by, I think, whether they have dairy or non-dairy and different like age demos. And yeah, those were really the four. Um, and talk to them about uh, our brand and our story and what we're making and just sort of get their feedback. And then we did blind taste tests at the end of our different flavors. Yeah. Against like Cognos, Ben and Jerry's. We did, we did knock it out of the park with vanilla. Like the vanilla is off the charts. Uh, people love the cookie dough. And then we did, um, one more, I think, the, oh, the chocolate molten. Yeah. So people were, it, it tested really, really well. And I think we had that scale there for um, answering different things about the product. But this is something we want to do a ton more is like really kind of show people behind the curtain, like, and let them be part of the process of what we're making. Because uh, we were talking to them a lot about like, we want to reinvent other novelties. We want to reinvent the Choco Taco. We want to reinvent the Bon Bon. So like, let's hear what people have to say about that early in the process, you know, and, and make them feel, um, and because they are connected to what we're doing, like yes. we're doing this for them. Yes. So we should listen to them too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So you're really, you're really into that, like being out like that, starting with even just the Coachella, like, yes, it was a great way to get people's eyes on it, but like you were out in the field, you know, literally, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> literally in the field, in the dust. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so good to get out there. I just tell people like, I try not to be at my desk for more than 50% of the day. Because it's, you know, answering emails is not all that it takes. Like, that's one piece. There's And there's other things you can do besides answering emails at your desk. But it's like, especially as the CEO and the founder, because the founder is so connected to the story. It's like telling your story, meeting people like you, doing events, business development, sales meetings, you know, whatever it takes, like partnerships. It just, it's, it's really, you know... That's what I love about my days. No two days are the same. Yeah. Yeah. That makes it fun and keeps it changing and fluid, which yeah. is who you are. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. Um, okay. So I think, I mean, I could talk to you forever. There's so many other questions, <laughs> but, um, oh, did you guys get married? We got married in 2012 in New York City Hall. Great. Yeah. When it, cause it wasn't legal in California right. yet. Until it's not that long ago. 2014. Uh, yeah, I think around that. Yeah. 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 It was weird. I remember the day that it happened and like I came, when I came into work, a lot of people at the office were like kind of crying tears of joy yes, about it. Yes. And I was just like, 
yeah, duh. You know, it was <laughs> my response was weird. I was like, uh-huh, obviously this should be the case. You right. Know? And yeah. you're like, I'm already yeah, married. Because I was already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we were really glad. We thought at first, like, then it became legal here. We thought we'd have to go get married again in California. Right. But no, you can only have a marriage license in one state. Because uh, otherwise right. you could be like a fraudulent person going around marrying people everywhere. Right. Which I'm yeah. sure people I'm do. I'm sure people yeah. do this. Um, like, I and mean, we were so relieved to not have to yeah. do it again. Go not, through not the whole. It's not, you know, right. romantic right, right. and fun. But yeah, we're married. Um, Freya is not in the day-to-day anymore. She has a gin company called Future Gin. You should Ooh, talk to her. She has some good awesome. stories. Yeah. And also uh, is head of ops for a tea company called Tea Drops. So she has a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Future Gin is the first full woman vertical, like the distiller's woman, uh, the distributor's partner, owner, you know, um, uh, Mary Bartlett, who's very well known in the um, bar community, uh, did the botanical, Freya, the branding. So it's all women owned, which is like, That's, does not happen. Yeah. Enough, and um, yeah. And, and so, but, but she's still, she, I, we, I joke that she's the first lady of Cool House because she's not on the payroll, but she has my ear. So she knows like all the big stuff that's going on, you know, which is a lot. There's a lot going on right now. Yeah. It's it's intense. What else? What's what's one thing you could tell me that you haven't told me that's going on right now? Well, we um so the grocery business has grown tremendously. We're in about seven thousand stores. Everything from a Whole Foods to a Publix to a Safeway to uh, you know, the, launching in Ralph's this year, launching in Vaughn's Pavilions this year. And we're launching dairy free. So five sandwiches and eight pints and seven new dairy pints that are amazing. Flavors like milk and cookie crumb, take the cannoli, so good. Mo matcha mochi. Um, so we have all that growing. And then we're looking for next year at like actually launching new novelties. So. Like you were talking about with the bonbon things. Yep. Or the, oh my gosh, yep. that's yep. so exciting. Yep. So it's a lot. And where is there a kitchen back here where you experiment or where do you experiment? We do have a kitchen back of house and then we have like an offsite facility um like 40 minutes from here where we can really test things. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. We're very fortunate to have that whole setup. Yeah. 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 So great. Yeah. Oh my Love gosh. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask you three questions that I ask. Okay, so what is something you've changed your mind about recently? Uh so I think I've been thinking a lot about um there's been so much conversation around women in business and empowerment and, you know, we're not getting enough of the dollars and how do we change things. And, um, I, I've really been thinking a lot about, you know, what is the discussion among women and what, and where do men enter this discussion? Because, all, you know, we're half of the population is men. So men have to embrace this idea as well and treat women as equals and see them as equals. And we both have sons, you and I. It's like it's like the next generation of men. You know, it's like it can't be a conversation only with women. You know, you don't want to like self ghettoize and, you know, like so. So I've just been realizing like there's some conversations that I think are really good to have with only women in the room. But like ultimately you have to figure out as as part of the the short the long and short game is like how how do we incorporate men and that absolutely has to be a conversation and i think that um and then you know really partnering uh in in the right ways like i mentor a lot of people and um i think you know there's i've heard a lot of women say like i feel bad at this point taking money from men as male investors i should i only be raising money from women it's like look you're the entrepreneur your job is to find the best most strategic dollars. Like it is not your responsibility to like, you know, eliminate the men from that conversation. What we want is this next generation to have more female investors and more women to write write checks and be on the other side of the table. So like that's something I think that's just been ongoing, you know, kind of thought process. And it's just something really, really good to be aware of right now. You know, I love that. Just earlier today, I was talking to my creative producer and we're gathering our data because we are presenting to a bunch of sponsors in the next couple of weeks. And so she said, wait a minute. And I said, what? And she, uh, we were on the phone and she sent me the screenshot of our listenership of the last month or whatever. And it was a pie chart and 51% of the listeners were men. And it wasn't that way when I first started. And I'm like, wait a minute. She, I said, is that perverts that are like clicking on it and thinking it's one thing? And then she's like, it can't be because they're listening to multiple, you know, yeah, there's, they there's figured so it out. many. Yeah. I said, are, do you think we're actually awesome. like educating some men that are interested in like 
what we're actually talking about. Yeah. So we don't know. We, we have to like more discovery. That's on awesome, that. though. But it was shocking. She said fifty one percent is male. She's like, I, I got to look into more of this. And then I had to leave because I was coming to yeah. meet you. But that's cool. I thought, what if that's we awesome. are like ma- like put causing at least yeah. a ripple in the water? You yeah, know? that's great. No, and I think that's that should absolutely be one of the ultimate goals. I mean, I hope that that's what's yeah. happening. <laughs> that's really funny though. But yeah, but I mean, and I have a friend of mine, her husband listens to the podcast. He's like, oh yeah, awesome. listen when I'm running. He's like, you're doing great. And he's just super supportive that's and thinks so it's great. awesome. Like, no, this is exactly, it, it's like, that's exactly yeah. the goal. It's like, and he has a daughter for women and, a and son. Wants, exactly. So yeah. He's like, yeah, you know, infusing that. And yeah. So yeah, I love that you said that because that is my goal as well. Yeah. On all levels. So, okay. How do you define success? I define success by, I think like, um, it's some combination of like flexibility and control. So I think like for me, what makes me feel successful is knowing like I have control over my day or if I want to go on a vacation somewhere, I can do it. Like I'm in the driver's seat of how my day and month and year looks like. And, um, that is like, I think a very, very powerful tool because it allows you to be doing the work and, and be kind of like you're in a passionate mode, you're going all out, but then you say, I need a break and I need to go and play tennis with friends, or I want to go and just like, you know, get out of town or whatever that may be. Um, and, and that's something that's come to me with like growing this business over the years, like as time has gone on more and more, like, even though things are really, really in- intense all the time, I like have built a great team. So I trust them to run things when I can't be here or I can set it up so that it's going to be okay when I'm gone or, you know, just enjoy yourself and take that like hour or two break in the day and come back, take like a mental respite, like don't feel guilty. So that to me is like, that's what comes with like succeeding. And you're making me think of another point. Do you have set hours that you work every day so that you can then be with your home with your family? I do try to get home to Remy um, in, you know, in the early evening, because when you have a young kid, you only have a few hours with them. Um, So, yeah, I, I live really close to the office. I'm very lucky. I can walk. I can ride my bike or drive. So it doesn't take me that long. And I'm not like flustered with a terrible commute when I come home. And then really we can get like a good three hours with him. So he goes to bed like 8.30 or so. And then I do often work again when he goes to bed. But I try to like keep those three hours like not, you know, on email and stuff. Anyway, because he won't allow it. He'll come over and he'll start imitating you on the computer, you know. (laughs) 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 The other day he was like circling his finger over like the the pad tracker and and then like pressed down really hard. And he opened an episode of my podcast. Like I don't even know how he did that. Like, they just know they intuitively yeah, understand the weird. technology yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy, <laughs> kind of crazy. so I'm laughing thinking about him doing it but yeah and then and then also like i i do sometimes kind of work and like hang out with him in the morning till through the delay you know like um because i don't think you you do have to take time at home sometimes to get certain type of tasks done it's not only about like office hours you know there's flexibility in today's world people expect that things can be done from anywhere right Right, which is lovely. Yeah, but also great. it could be bad. That's it can to be set bad. Boundaries. Yeah. yeah, like I mean, I I talked about this on the show before. There have been times when my son will say, "Mom, put your phone down and be with me." Yeah, and I'm like, "You're Oops. right. I'm sorry." Or let me just come and like remove the phone yeah. from your hands and put it away. <laughs> like, stop it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, lightning round. Ocean or desert? Ocean. Favorite junk food. Uh, oh, I love these. They're, they're not junk foods. I feel bad saying it, but Nutter Puffs, which is Ooh. like, they're like from Pop Chips. Yes. And oh Remy loves God. them. I love them. Yes. They're so good. Yes. They're like perfect. Yum. Yeah. Movies or Broadway show? Movies. They I've never t- been to a Broadway show. What? Yeah. 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 Oh my God. That's something for the, yeah, Definitely. For the bucket list. Yes. Well, especially as he gets older and you yeah. guys can go do that together. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Daytime sex or nighttime sex? Ooh, mm, kind of into daytime. Yeah, especially <laughs> after you have a kid, right? It's just yeah. like I'm too Let tired. Let there be light. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, texting or talking? Oh, talking. Cat person or dog person? Dog. We have two: Hamilton and Scoob. Oh my! Yeah, Mini Schnauzer and oh. Lassa Opso. They're very sweet. So cute. Have you ever worn a unitard? Oh yeah, many hundreds. <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> shower or bathtub you know 
we don't have we're we're gonna redo the master bath and then i plan on having a really good bathtub situation the house as it is right now we have three baths which is great but they're all you know they're not like a luxurious bath scene so when we redo i will become i plan on being one of those people who have the whole like bath you know yes. the shenanigans like yes. with all the stuff and like the candles the and, and the candles poetry and the crystals and, and, yep. and the poetry i love it <laughs> that's yes. gonna be me for sure all of it ice cream or chocolate i think chocolate ice cream there you go <laughs> on a scale of one to ten how good are you at ping pong i would say eight and a half. Oh, yeah. impressive yeah What's, what's your biggest? I was like, that sounded low to me. So, <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh We're God. a house of athletes. So, most people answer like four. <laughs> they don't really know. So, they're like, I don't know, four? <laughs> That's usually the average answer. Um, what is your biggest pet peeve? Um, okay. So, this is one that could be helpful because if people follow up and they want to reach out to me, like, I'm totally down to try to give people advice, but like, like, write in with like a very specific question. Don't write in and be like, I'm trying to figure it all out. Can you help me? You know, it's like, I, I like, I wish that I could, but like, I cannot do anything with that. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you could push a button and it would create 10 years of world peace, but it would also place a hundred year ban on all beauty products. Would you push it? Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's me. I do. I do love a good, you know, lip color and all that. But the world peace, and I've been thinking about the environment so much lately, and I really yeah. hope that we, for our next generation, you know, know. create a world they can live My in. My son just went to the Santa Monica Aquarium. I didn't even know there was one. And he came back for, the, for a field trip. He came back quoting me all these stats about, do you know how many plastic bottles this? And do you know, and I just thought, oh, I know I've heard that before, but coming from his mouth, yeah. it just gutted me. Yeah. My friend Amber, we were having dinner, and she was saying... Um, she keeps imagining this uh, conversation with her kids when the environment is really, really beyond, you know, where it is today in a bad way. Hopefully not, but if it is. And when they say, did you know how bad it was? And, she, and she, you know, she's going to get kind of like squeamish and like, but did you know, you know? And they sh and sh she'll say, yeah. And they'll say, well, what did you do? And if you really didn't have enough to say about what you did, like... Yeah. Do, do, are you a good person? Like that's what she. Yes, that's and I'm like yes. that. I totally can yes. relate to that. Like, how could we ever explain this yeah. to them? You know. Yeah. So it's a powerful thing. Yeah, it is. Superpower choice: invisibility, ability to fly, or super strength. Was the strength like to push a car? Anything you want. Like it's super strength. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess like Hulk. Oh, oh incredible Hulk. I, I, of those of three, I'd go for the fly. Yeah. 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 Go to like, you know, Japan, have a really good sushi dinner. Solid. Yeah. Solid. <laughs> okay. This is the weird question. Mm. Would you rather have six fingers on both hands or a belly button that looks like foreskin? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't really wear a lot of halter tops, so <laughs> I guess you just can hide the belly button. <laughs> One piece bathing suit, you know. Type. True. You could scoop more... <laughs> scoops yeah. with an extra finger yeah you maybe. just imagine every time people notice there's six in the day, it's like <laughs> their eyes kind of open wide for a second and they try to look away like they didn't notice like you just get used to that i guess <laughs> or just tell people in advance i'm meeting you for this interview i have 12 total fingers <laughs> just don't even think it's weird when i see you see you soon <laughs> she, she put her hands on the table when she said that yeah. <laughs> full because disclosure to show that i actually yes. do have six fingers on each hand <laughs> What was the name of your first pet? Frank. What was the name of the street you grew up on? Hortense. Is that my porn name? Frank Hortense. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Or I guess we moved when I was nine, so Camino de Solana. Oh, God. That's, that's good, too. That's the one. Yeah. Camino that's my alter porn ego. de Solana? Yeah. Oh, Chevin man. Oaks. <laughs> she is like a flamenco dancer <laughs> totally. and she has sequins. Oh my God. I want to know her. I want to go to her show. <laughs> I just have to tell one funny anecdote to yeah, wrap it up. Please. That I had an Uber driver this morning who picked me up in a sob, which was kind of fun. Like nice. I haven't been in one of those Vintage. in a long time. Yeah. And then he had like this um, pillow in the back seat that was like bedazzled. 
it was like totally like <laughs> every rhinestone. And it was like, before I even, when I opened the door, you could see all the like reflections of the light, like, whoa, kind of shocky. It was like a disco ball. And then I like told him I liked his sob. And then I was like looking at the pillow. And then he kind of was like, basically talking to himself the whole ride. And I was thinking, God, it's such a fine line between like a creative spirit and like a crazy you know, like I, cause I, I really like, I couldn't know the whole time, like, and, and respect either way, you know, he was doing his job and he, he did a great job getting me to where I needed to go. But it was just like, yeah, like, like that pillow. And, you know, then I realized like, oh, you could totally be, or he'd be, obviously be both, but it was, it was, it was kind of a wild journey. I mean, that's like me and the crazy six finger <laughs> foreskin on your belly button question. You could, you could just go, oh, she is crazy. She <laughs> is like, crazy. No, it's a good one. <laughs> Does everyone get that same exact question or is it like different? No, like, there's another one. Do you want the other? Sure, do you yeah, want the sure, alternate? Yeah. The alternate is, would you rather have, I try to mix it up each, each episode. Would you rather have a penis where your tailbone is okay. or a third eye? And it's a literal third eye. Oh, literal, right? Not like an acupuncture yeah. like needle. Um, oof, I like the one I got. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> 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 Natasha, thank you so much. Thanks Such a pleasure. Me. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Natasha. If you would like to go to the website and check out all the show notes, you can. I also have transcriptions of the show made for every show, so you can see that. Um, it's written out just like an interview. And any links to anything that we talked about. <clears throat> Natasha's uh, Cool House website, her social media handles, Any if you want to get in touch with her, you can. Um, and while you're there, please subscribe to the show. It really helps if you subscribe to the show. Yeah. But but ultimately, I'm just grateful that you're listening. And I hope that this show is helping you in some way. Laugh, feel a little bit less alone, and um, just enjoy this hour with me and my guests. So next week on the show, we have Wendy Miller, who was the head of programming at Playboy Television for seven years. Uh, and she is funny. She is so funny. And now she has this podcast called Sex Ed the Musical. Oh my gosh, it's so great. So I can't wait to share that with you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you soon.